Hey, Philip, what's going on? Hey, Brian, good to see you, man. I didn't hear you knock. I didn't know I had to knock. Fair enough. So what are we doing this week? The same thing we do every week, our podcast. Ooh, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Dude, what's going on? Hey, it's good to be here. I've been thinking about you all week. How much fun was Gene DiNapoli? He was fantastic. Oh, Loved man. him. What a great guest. Loved him. Much, much love and a huge shout out to Mr. Entertainment up there in New York. Oh, that was so much fun. For any of our listeners tuning in who have not had a chance to go back and hear our last episode, uh, Gene DiNapoli, Mr. Entertainment, the number one Elvis tribute artist in New York. That was a blast. I loved that interview. He's got so many stories that I wish we had more time to pick his brain at. It was very interesting. He's a very engaging guy. I, I think we we need to make a trip to New York. Oh, yeah. Done. I mean, weeks, weeks worth of content. Besides, he invited me to have, you know, you know, chicken cutlets and meatballs. So I'm in. I know. I like how he invited you. And I was just like, can I come? We, we bonded. <laughs> we bonded, Brian. I, I, I know, but I, I felt like it's like, I'll just hide in the luggage. He meant yous. <laughs> he meant yous. <laughs> the two yous. <laughs> I'm not upset. I'm not upset, but I am coming. Well, yeah, <laughs> but whether you say it's like, uh, no, you're invited. We'll do a podcast. <laughs> we'll do a pod. We'll do a podcast. We'll do. We'll do a whole week. And in fact, actually, we were talking about this earlier. We need to make it a trip up to your hometown. My old stomping grounds. We need to your stomping grounds as well as New York. That way we hit up some. I got some family up there. You got some family and friends up there. I, I just think it's going to be. A blast. We'll, we'll bring the wives, or actually, we'll bring the wives and they can do whatever they want. We should, put out, we should put out like an open invite to be on the show and see how many people come that have grievances and how many people come that just want to say hi. <laughs> it just, it's an open mic podcast. I'm, I am pretty sure that I, I'd be uh, just beaten down over and over and over again for the entire thing. We, we could probably get you on, you know, we'll go to one of the comedy clubs and see if we can get you like five minutes. You know, to, to, to do a stand-up or something like that so up you in New keep York. On, you keep on threatening this. I think I'm not I, threatening. I, I'm throwing it out there because you've expressed interest. I'm getting close. I actually think that I'm almost ready to go try it out. Okay. Uh, you, you just get your set. You get a solid, oh, uh, solid 10 minutes. Set? Well, you just solid 10 minutes. Oh. Solid 10 minutes of material. Oh, you're just that you're going to go wing it? Well, I was hoping you'd just write something for me. You, know? <laughs> you really want me to write something for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, poor grammar and... <laughs> Made up words all over the place. <laughs> no, it's, it's not made up words. You just skip a word now. And I, again. That, that's all. Well, I, I'm not very good at the texting. You're good at omission. The, I am very good at omission. You're like he'll get the drift. Hey, uh, are, are you Russian? They I, do that. <laughs> it's you they know just what jump around in sentences. You know what part of it is when you teach English, <laughs> which I know this sounds really bad to say this, but when you teach English and you talk slower all the time. When you actually begin to pick up your speech and when talk. You, when you bring it back to real time. To real time, all of a sudden your brain is just going so fast. You're like, oh, thank God. And then you're just missing words. So when I first attempted to learn a few words in Russian, my wife, would she'd be so patient, right? She would listen and, and she would kind of just 
just go ahead and, and say that. I'm like, well, I thought that was, I was saying it correctly. She's like, eh, it's close. It's enough. close. <laughs> like, no, 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 I, I want to they, learn. They'll know. They'll yeah, know. Yeah. I'm like, I, I want to learn how to say it properly. So let's work on this. She's like, we don't have that much time. <laughs> like, oh, man. Do you speak any Russian? I mean, do you speak any Russian? Or are you no, still practicing? Just, just, just a few words. Just no, a couple nothing, words? Nothing, nothing conversational. Is that something that you want to actually learn or go through? I go back and forth on it. It's something that I would like my daughter to learn. If my wife decides that she wants to go down that path, mm-hmm. then I'd be all for it. Because I think that to understand a culture... You really have to learn the language because language to me is, is so I- intricately important. My daughter's grandparents still live in the far east of Russia. For our listeners that have never tuned in to our podcast, and, and by the way, thank you for all our new listeners out there and our old listeners for coming back. What up, fishes? What, <laughs> I love that. What up, fishes? But yeah, for all of our new listeners and, and things like that, Philip's uh, wife is from Russia and his parents still live over there, but they don't speak or they speak very little English. Yeah, very little. Right, they they had to learn it both in, in university as well, uh, a little bit for their jobs. But they, they don't speak English conversationally. They're not proficient. The, the result of that, despite all the you know marvels of technology and all the translation software and all of the Zoom and Skype and WhatsApp video and all that awesome stuff. Uh, sorry, Apple. FaceTime. Won't leave you out. <laughs> you know, not very popular amongst the Russian people, but won't leave you out. Uh, it's uh, th- There's very much a gap that occurs between my daughter and, and, and between me and her grandparents, my in-laws. And I think that that gap is really widened by not understanding culture. And I don't think that, that she has a chance to really understand her mom's culture or their culture if she doesn't speak the language. So... Yes, I have considered it, and yes, I have tried, and it's a very difficult language for a Westerner to try to learn. Well, I imagine there, there's not a lot of call for learning Russian. No, not in Houston, in the, Texas. Not in Houston, Texas. No. Well, in the States, I mean, maybe in certain parts of the U.S., but yeah, or, I mean, or if, if you're you in, up, in international business or things like that. Sure, I mean, oil and gas, but 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 if you go up to, to Brighton Beach, for example, it's the largest Russian population outside of Russia, right? in Brighton Beach, right there in New York. It's right off the L. There's a lot of uh, opportunity to practice down here. Man, not so much. You know, I could find like that one Russian guy that wants to play chess or checkers or something and, and, and have some beers, but it's just not that easy. Yeah, and, and you know, it's so it's so weird because I always pictured that one guy that even though he is full of thoughts and conversation, only says like two words. Oh, so you met Russian. <laughs> you know, like, like, like you sit down to play chess with him and he and he's a good move. You know? No, <laughs> no. Those I, are the I, Germans I, before their breakfast beer. Oh, there we go. Oh, so but we have plenty of Germans in Texas, and, and I don't mean that in a negative aspect for anybody out there listening. Um, we are very inclusive, and we love it. We're gonna we're, get the Joe Rogan treatment. Oh my God, they're so anti-cultural. <laughs> I know, right? Anti Germans, at the Russians, they're so. Oh my God. Well, I hope you have a lot of time to sit around and learn some new Russian, because you know maybe I should start getting lessons from your wife. We can kind of bring her on and do a little tutorial and see see how well we fare. That'd be fun. We should do that. Uh, we should we should think about that. My wife's very good at language. That's a thing, man. Very eloquent uh, with language. Yeah. She just really is. I can relate. I actually pick up on language very, very quickly as well. I, I think part of it is that mimetic propensity and instinct, right? Like, you know me. I, I like playing with accents. I like making fun of people's voices. And, and I think I just happen to have an ear for it. And I think that mm-hmm. helps a lot with picking up on languages. And I've heard your wife do some some pretty funny impressions. So 
No, she she does. I you know I don't give her an, enough credit. She makes what I call or what we call dad jokes, but in good voices. Oh, she does them great voices. Yeah, yeah. But they're still dad jokes. They're totally dad jokes. <laughs> they're dad yeah. jokes. I can relate to that as well. <laughs> I love I love her to death, but they are dad jokes. And Misty, if you're listening, <laughs> I can just relate to you. <laughs> and she's like, "You never laugh at my jokes." I'm like, "Well, I, I I'm laughing most of the time. I I, I play the cool card." Fair enough. <laughs> I try. I try to play the cool card, even though I'm really laughing inside. But we were actually spending some some time the other day. Well, okay. Let me preface this before I get into that. There is a, a news story that came up. Real estate has become a big boom. It, it has started to kind of sprout again, which is great for our economy, but it makes for crazy people. Yeah, I mean, especially in the suburbs of big cities, right? Like housing is a shortage, building materials are a shortage, prices are up. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, something comes on within a, or on the market within an hour or two, you have like eight offers and, you know, it's just, it's just insane. And the crazy part was it was insane, you know, five or six years ago too, when we were actually looking at, to- at places and things like that. Wait, are you saying that something like the real estate market is cyclical? I could, no. I could be, <laughs> no, it can't be. Uh, but yeah, we are, there's this big news story about how it's starting to boom again and everybody's kind of looking at it. And it just reminded me that, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that people's expectations for the properties or what they want are so elaborate in their heads. It, it just boggles me a little bit. Someone will want something so bad, not because it's worth that much, because they want it so bad, they'll pay double or triple the price of the asking price just to, to make sure that they get that. And I understand if you're having to outbid eight to 10 people, okay? Sure, but really, is that the place for you if, if that's where you're, I mean, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? My favorite is always when somebody says something contradictory, right? Or, or naturally, um, contradicting, I guess I should say. For example, like, oh, I, I really want a house that, you know, was older construction, really built with good bones. You go, oh, okay. You know, so you're thinking, well, like 1960s, 70s. Oh, you know, maybe like 2000s. Right? You're like, oh, okay, that's not older construction. And that's, and that's not, <laughs> More necessarily, newer. Yeah, not necessarily. Okay, but, but, but so what do you, you know, something really just, just rock solid and tried and true, but I really want 13 foot ceilings. Right, you're like, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, a pool, a fireplace. Yeah, yeah, those things did. You know, N- nice just... neighborhood, good schools, walking distance from work. <laughs> yeah, we need a two car garage, but really, we need an oversized two car garage because we drive two Suburbans. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're in the middle of a city, right? Like, what are you? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and th- and that's a good point, but that's why you people move out to the suburbs because they get more, you know, bang for their buck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people have to go wherever they feel they get the most value for their money. I understand for family purposes. Like, if you're a growing family and you need the space, that makes sense to me. And and really, I guess if you, if you want more for your money, sure. But for me, why move all the way out to the suburbs where it takes you if you're having to drive into work? Especially in a large city like we live in where you're going to spend, if you move out, let's say... 10 miles from the city for when we have to work, you're guaranteed to spend at least 45 minutes one way in traffic. Yeah, I think this is very much a to each their own kind of argument because I'm with you. I would prefer having a, a much smaller house, even raising my child in, in the heart of the city if I'm going to work there. Because for me, it's 
if I'm going to work there, if I'm going to live in a big city like Houston, Texas, I want to be in the city. But a lot of people don't have that desire. A lot of people have the desire of, you know, the grilling on the weekend, the really big backyard, hanging out with the pets. They don't really need that sort of city environment. So I can understand the argument, but I'm with you. For me, commuting, no thank you. I, I would much rather have a shorter commute or no commute at all. Do you think that the pandemic has created more of this buzz to have more space? The pandemic has absolutely caused a gold rush movement to the suburbs from the really, really densely populated cities, the New York cities, the Chicago's, the Miami's. But it's not just a function of people fleeing and moving out. It's also the problem that the pandemic has drastically slowed down the availability of building materials. So you have this large movement towards the suburbs, which is the exact polar opposite of what was happening right up until the pandemic. People were moving I mean, in. Cities. Yeah, they were yeah, sick of the, the commutes and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, super cities of, of tomorrow were all the headlines that you read about right before before COVID hit. It feels like they're overbuilding even in our area as far as apartments and buildings now. Houston's a bit of an anomaly, though, because Houston still has room within city proper to build. Lots of cities don't have that luxury. In that we don't necessarily have to build up. I know that Houston is building up more and more lately, but nothing compared to how it is in, in the, the really, you know, downtown Detroit and, and, uh, and Chicago and all of They have to build up. Houston also happens to have done fairly well throughout the pandemic with sheltering jobs. Uh, right? may, so I mean, I guess maybe. Maybe. I guess it depends your depends your area, depends your, your field. But, I mean, I guess with oil and gas and things like that, you... But, I mean, oil and gas got hit. I mean, I think everyone, every place got hit. Everything got hit to a certain extent. But I think that we we just didn't have the extreme population density that was truly um, service industry and gig economy like places like New York and L.A. did. Well, that, that's true. We also had a wank for, you know, a governor that... You know, didn't want to, didn't want to be like, nah, where Texas is open. Well, that and COVID didn't exist here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was it saying, never it, happened. <laughs> there was, he was just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I know he's done some. I like that wank of a governor. That wank of a, I was say, I know that some people like him. There's a lot of questionable moves that were made within the past six months <laughs> from our governor. Or maybe I'm just thinking of uh, old Teddy there. Our, our, Just roll our, the our, dice. Our, Just our roll wank the dice. of a senator. Maybe maybe I should go that route. <laughs> no. Who decides to go on vacation in a crisis yeah, that was and bad. bring the family and then blame it on the kids? That was bad. That was so bad. That was just as bad as blaming... <laughs> I mean, the dog ate my homework. I mean, that was really, really bad. Yeah, he did not consult his advisors before giving that answer. That was really a, a bad move. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh my, Mr. Cruz, God. love you, but wow, that was that was. That uh, was I'm not even gonna boring. say I love you. So you're a wank, Cruz. You're a, you're a wank. <laughs> I like this wank thing you've come up with. This is very new. Uh, well, because I can't I can't say wanker. Why? Because it's very British, and I'm I'm not British. What the fuck is wank, Canadian? I mean, you sound <laughs> like you break out. You break out. He's a wank. And those old school Houstonians. You're gonna get. Uh, you're not from around here. Yeah, pretty, son, yeah. pretty much. You know, part of it is I, I got. I've been watching Ted Lasso, but they sit there and when he shows up, they start yelling wanker, wanker, wank. You know, it's just. And so maybe that's what's stuck in my yeah, but head. But there's an ER after that. That's not a wank. <laughs> well, that's what I say. I made up my own. I'm like, he's a wank. Huh. 
That that's very you know, Texas. That's very Texas. He's there, a wank. There was a late '90s, early 2000s British slang term that I really wish made its way into the U.S. and never quite did. It was a chav. Ch- what is chav? A bit hard to explain, but the easiest way to explain it is picture vanilla ice in the early years, but a rich white kid like walking around London dressed like vanilla ice, and basically chav. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. <laughs> Ice is back with a brand new edition. If Jason Statham <laughs> were to tune in right now, he would he, just be head palming. He'd be like, you know, listen to those wanks. <laughs> what a wank. What a, what a wank. Not e- what a wank. He's not even he's not even worthy of wanker. Okay, okay. So hang on a second. So <laughs> let's get back to housing a little bit. What to you blows your mind the most with people's expectations when they're home shopping? Oh, the the unrealistic list, the the dream home that they believe they deserve. Right, it's like blows every- my mind. It blows my mind. We okay. So there's that TV show, House Hunters. You ever watched it on HDTV? Yeah, or- yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay, so my wife and I love to put House Hunters on. We like to see what kind of houses and what people's styles are. And it lets kind of lets us, it, it's almost like a little travel channel, but you also get a flavor for the way people in those cities live and what styles they have and things like that. And it's really neat. The other thing is it, it's almost like in the back of my head, like, Ooh, maybe one day we could move here or there. Where, where would we actually want to go live? And it, yeah, it, fair. It, you I mean, know, it, it's, you do get to see some kind of cool shots of like, Bits and pieces of whatever neighborhood that are in. It's total bullshit how they how they thread. Well, together, it's a right? TV. It's, it's a reality show. So so everything's skewed. Yeah, I get that. But you do get to see that people say, okay, well, I decided I'm just going to go live here, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I mean, how many people have just decided, oh, I just want to, you know, get rid of everything and move to the place I've always dreamed of, right? No one, because income is a reality. Yeah, exactly, right? But, but see, that's where it always gets me with these shows because you're watching that and, and you're you're invested, right? You're in there with them and you're like, yeah, do it. Follow your dream. Choose, I don't know how you found this one city in the middle of France that nobody's ever heard of. In the- yeah. Where do you want to live? Versailles. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would like to live... At Versailles, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then they bring up their list when they talk to their realtors. And they're like, what are you looking for? And of course, because it's a television show, they want to hear their list. So you hear, oh, I want a, I want a pool. I want a, a large yard that's fenced. So in case we have dogs or anything that can run around, we, we want to have that space. And, and you know, and, and kids, if we have kids, you know, we want to make sure that they have a space to play eventually. And, you know, we definitely need four to five bedrooms, you know, for the kids we're going to have. And, and and all the people that are going to come visit us. Yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> they're looking like Botswana, right? Yeah, and yeah. you're going, uh, who, who's going to come? Who's going to come visit you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on here? Oh, we'll get to that in a second. But my favorite part is then they go through this laundry list of dream list, right, of what they want. And it came straight else. from their bucket list. <laughs> Literally, probably. Yeah. They probably pulled it out. I have a checklist. Out. It's on my iPhone. The one thing that when they are on the Caribbean ones or the Mediterranean cities or anything like that, they have to have an ocean view or be on the beach. Okay. It's true. They it's, always have to have the view. They always have to have the view. And, and I understand that because my wife is very much about a, a view. Now, I don't think that 
you have to have the view, but you have to have a view that you love. And I am okay with that. I get that. But these people are like, I have to have the view. I have to have that ocean view, that, that million dollar view that I've got to get. And then comes the best part. Oh, what's your budget? Yeah, you got to love the realtor too because they're, they're treating it like they're a doctor in a, in a, in a checkup, right? It's like, oh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, ocean view. Mm-hmm, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh that s- sounds great. Oh. Yeah, oh, oh, for his, oh, please. Oh. He mm. needs his own space. Got it. She needs her, mm, right? Oh, oh, oh yeah. a studio because you're an artist. Yeah, let's add that oh, to it. Four and a half bath. Oh, 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 you, oh, you, need, a, okay. you need a garage. Well, that's not something that, that is around here normally, right. so that'll have to be built on. Oh, got it. Okay. Oh, you prefer underground for the garage? Oh, okay. God. Oh, that's it's, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> might need some pumps. and. Uh, <laughs> oh, solar panels? All right. Yeah. You, okay, got, you're very economical. Yes, yeah, so of course. So, and, and, and your budget is? 200000 but they never react. There's, there's never a reaction from no, them. Like, like, no, um, no, you're smoking crack. <laughs> no, that's right? what they're saying in their head because they're sitting there and they're looking and they're like, and they always are very polite about it. They're very, very polite. They're like, well, uh, yeah, that, that's a great list of demands, but that, it's, the market is very competitive and, and it might be difficult to check off everything on this market list. market is competitive. <laughs> you know, it's, really, it's really a seller's market right now. And... Um, yeah, I'll do. I'll do my best. <laughs> you know, let's just see if we can find a few things to show you. I, I know. I mean, you have to make compromises when it comes to that, and I think that is true in any when you're purchasing any type of property. So, so with that particular show, what I always love is that you're you're dead on. It's always this unbelievably unrealistic. Holy crap! Where do you come up with this stuff? <laughs> right. It's okay. not even if they're buying; they could be renting too. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they want it like, oh, the I, renting one's my favorite. But my 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 budget is like three hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, the renting one's always my favorite. And then you get, oh, we got the ocean view, and it's like some dude's closet <laughs> on the back. <laughs> they cut a window into it. Oh, it has the ocean. You view. have the view. So you got the view. <laughs> that's a bit outside of your budget. So that, that's one of the things that blows my mind about that show is that whenever they do settle and wind up renting something or wind up buying something, it's always well it was a little outside of our budget and their budget would be like 210 grand and the property is like 480 that they buy <laughs> yeah exactly right? and i'm like what well, hey i bought a house before it doesn't work that way yeah. outside my budget is like maybe well I can maybe 10, i can stretch bucks. it a little yeah. bit <laughs> yeah. maybe i can amortize ten thousand dollars over 30 years maybe yeah exactly you know? one of my other favorite things that they do it's not even just about the price it, it's about the style of the property because you have these couples or these people that want complete polar opposites like one of them they want. I, I want old school charm. I want, and, he, and then the other person is like, complete contemporary, modern, new turnkey or whatever. And so yeah. they show them all these opposites. My favorite is their hobbies. It's like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a painter. I like I like classical. Like, oh, so the studio space that makes sense. And and John, what do you do? He's like, I build monster trucks. <laughs> He's like, what? What? Is, I need a warehouse. Yeah, right. Fifty two foot corrugated steel ceilings. But I want. But happening? I want that. I want that French charm. <laughs> but I want it on the beach. On, on the, I want it with the view. <laughs> I need to test my monster trucks on the sand. <laughs> on the beach. What's that? What's that one beach on the west coast? Is it up in Oregon? You know what I'm talking about? Where they drive? You can actually. It's so big. You can drive along the beach. You can do that here. 
Bolivar as a state highway. You can drive straight oh, can down you? the sand. Can oh, can you? Can yeah. you? Oh, okay. But but there was one. It's the same one that they filmed Goonies at, you know, where they had... I know what you're talking about, okay. but I cannot think of the name. So, okay, so so I know that show, and I, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It is too funny. Those same style shows, the one that drives me just absolutely nuts, buying Hawaii or whatever they call it. Inevitably, every episode, it's, oh, and what did you do? Oh, well, I was a, a high school science teacher over in California, you know. Oh, that's nice. What did you do? Well, I haven't worked since 87, but <laughs> right. I was a yoga instructor. You're like, oh, okay. And you're, and you're looking in Hawaii. Yeah, we, we've always dreamed of living in Hawaii. We're thinking 2.2, 2.3 million. Yeah, what, what, tr- what trust fund did you have? No kidding. It's every episode. I'm like, where do you people come from? <laughs> right? And then, like, when they bust the budget, they don't go from 1.8 to like, okay, 1.92. No, they go to like 2.7. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, no, but I, I will say this. It feels like nowadays, or within the last, I guess, maybe 10 to 20 years, that someone's income or what they're worth is not easily identifiable by just looking at them. Oh, you've noticed that, huh? <laughs> you know, like like 20 years ago, at least maybe to me, when you would, and I was young, but you would see people and you'd be like, okay, that's someone who has money. But these days it's... Because because their driver opens the Bentley door for them. Before they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... Oh, these, hello, Jeeves. <laughs> Don't I worry, think, he's a wank. Yeah, think, what a wank. <laughs> We'll stop by a Starbucks on the way to the office today. <laughs> That's move, right. Move for a camelotte. All right. Well, all right. Well, call call me a liar then. Call me wrong. I mean, is it? Don't you see people these days? It, very successful people that will just like wear torn jeans and a t shirt and walk around. Well, there is a lot of that. There's definitely like a, a style lot. change, right? And so you can't really. Yeah. judge someone well, yeah, by their appearance. Yeah, there's definitely... I mean, you should never judge someone by their appearance. I'm with you. No, there's definitely a lot of very monetarily successful people that don't dress up or anything like that because it's no longer culturally appropriate. Well, there's a lot of different ways to make money that you would never would have guessed. This that's, is the, all, that's the other thing. This is also true, and, and things are generally more expensive. So as we get older, we get more and more, more sticker shock because, well, when I was your age, you know, that cost... 50 cents. But... Yeah, I, I, I don't like that part of getting older, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I do think that there's also an element of people have always, especially in the Western culture, bought more than they can afford as a general rule. So you get a lot of people that are doing things like buying way more house than they need. There's also the third element of we can get more now. Right? I mean, TVs cost nothing now. 20 years ago, when you're talking about a TV was a really serious purchase or new furniture, Ikea wasn't around in bulk like it is now. You couldn't, you couldn't furnish a house on the cheap. Everything has become more efficient. Electronics become cheaper. Furniture has become cheaper. What but was you can your, get I'm so curious. much more for your money. What was your, the first TV you remember that you bought? It was a um, it was a Sony Vizio, I believe they were called Vizios. Was it a flat screen? It, it was a flat piece of glass. <laughs> um, mine was not, and mine was slightly curved. No, it was a, <laughs> the, the first television that I bought on my own was a um, gigantic. I mean, not not big like big wide amazing. Yeah, TV, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. What was yours? I I think it was an Apex. 
it was the name of the brand. We we didn't even go with Sony or anything like that. And, and I'm pretty sure it cost us about 200 bucks to, to get this TV. And it was a 27-inch. And it was yeah, a my, I think mine mass, was a inch, massive yeah. beast. It was heavy as crap. They weighed a lot. Yeah. You know, it was a big deal. When I was in my early years, I was, I was eight, maybe nine years old, my dad bought a big screen TV. Truly a big screen like TV. Like projector big screen TV? Well, was, or, or like one of the big screens with the reverse projection on the back? Exactly what it was. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was a reverse, rear projection. It was a rear projection, rear projection television. Yeah. So it had that weird plastic sort of corrugated yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, screen to it. I can't remember what they called it. Yeah, if it was too bright in the room, you couldn't see yeah, it. Yeah, you couldn't see it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I know. And it was in a big cabinet, had folding wooden doors <laughs> I remember that closed those. over the TV. <laughs> Huge speaker array in the bottom. And I remember that being such a moment for my family. You know, it was such a big deal. I mean, that thing came in on a huge, huge truck. It took like four guys to bring it out, set it up. It was this crazy, wherever you're putting this thing, it's never moving ever again. <laughs> exactly. So where do you want it? It was a huge purchase for him, for my yeah. family. Yeah. Right. It was a serious amount of money. That's no longer the case. These things have become almost disposable items. Well, right? I mean, and unlike real estate, things like that don't appreciate with time. Right. I mean, that's that's the most interesting thing to me about all the items that we, uh, of course, and, and this is all first world problems. Right. Well, we're all like, oh, my TV. But <laughs> right? we're such wanks. <laughs> we're a bunch of wanks. But <laughs> see, it's, it's going to stick. There we go. <laughs> but unlike real estate, yes, you're a sticky wank. It's I'm, true. A sticky, I'm a sticky wank. Unlike real estate where everything appreciates with value. Right. Do you have. So I understand that. The people wanting the location and the view and things like that, I just don't understand. I don't understand that people don't get where their limits are. Maybe that's just what it is. But I do, uh, I do like seeing what other places and countries and, and locations in the U.S. have to offer as far as housing and things like that. I don't know why that fascinates me. That's why when this news story came up the other day here on... In, in town, in, in Houston, I was just like, oh, real estate's booming. I was like, well, I, I, I got to look into this. Well, you're not alone. I think those shows are very, very successful for a reason. People love to, to explore and, and, and look at that and, and imagine other places, what they must be like, you know. Would you ever go on House Hunters if you were deciding or trying to move? If they paid me? Even like even if you they had to choose the locations or whatever, you, you'd do it? Like they choose where I live? No, not where you live, but but they only give you, a, a, like, say, a certain amount of properties to look at, and you sure. have to, and you have to choose from that. House hunters, if you're listening, two options: one, you pay me, I'm in; two, you don't pay me, but it's a neighbors don't knock special. <laughs> Locations, but by the way, house hunters, if you are listening, it's a two for one. We're both in because if he moves, I have to move. I, I'm curious to our listeners. Let us know what you guys think. Would you guys ever do these reality house hunting shows or flipping houses shows or, or any of that? Yeah. Love it or list. There's a, there's a ton of them out there. I get addicted to it. What is your addiction out there? I'm curious. What is your addiction? Podcasting. <laughs> Podcasting. Oh, you wank. <laughs> that was such an easy way out. I think we should call it a hairy wank. A hairy wank. I could do a hairy wank. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. 
I know. Harry Wank. A Harry Wank. Well, guys, make sure you check out episodes every Friday of the podcast. If you haven't heard, go back and catch up. We've had some great guests. And we have an amazing guest coming on next week that you're going to want to check out. So go to NeighborsDon'tKnock.com. Leave us a comment. We'll see you next week. Peace. Out. Out.